Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, I am so irritated over the last Sharks loss. I'm going to take my microphone and I'm going to spear you with it. You're going to stick it right in my midsection, are you? That's right, dude, and I expect to get a timeout. You you will get one, sir. <laughs> if, if your dude, daughter speared you with the microphone, what would you do? Um, She'd have my respect. She Because she does have one of those microphones. I know because I gave it to her once. I know. As a yeah, present. I mean, yeah. I think I I would my initial reaction would be pride. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, I mean, we may as well just start right there. I mean, we can talk about the Blues game since it's fresh. We've got a few games to talk about. Four games, two wins, two losses. Um, we won the Red Wings game. We won the Oilers game. We lost the Flames game with some weird stuff that happened there with the. Uh, Mirko Mueller banishment and Paul Martin deciding a little late in the game that uh, he he couldn't go. But let's just start right with what's fresh. The Blues loss, a 4 nothing drubbing at home, uh, a game that uh, I'm sure wasn't fun to watch in person, dude. And we saw Jumbo Joe uh, lose his marbles a little bit and spear Paul Stastny, who managed to crumble to the ground like a Man City player, dude. Ah. And, and now we're sort of waiting, along with some other injury issues the Sharks are having. Are the Sharks going to lose Joe Thornton for a game? Well, uh, I think I w- looked at, because I didn't really see it. You know, I was there in person, and, you know, they don't necessarily show it on the Jumbotron afterwards, so I had no idea what had really happened. Uh I was just I looked at Twitter at the next break after it happened and Kerr says, "Oh, I think I think uh Jumbo's going to be missing more than tonight's game with that one." That's what Kerr said. So I I don't know. I mean, I've seen the replay as I know you have and was it a spear? Yeah, it was a spear. That's for sure. It's 5 minutes, you know, game is conduct. I I get that. Um I don't know if it's uh he didn't exactly you know, skewer the guy, you know, he didn't, you know, run him all the way through (laughs) like he's jousting or something, but you know, I, I don't really know. I can't bring to mind a lot of, you know, comparable incidents the last few years in the NHL. So I don't really have a great idea as to what the, what the league will do. I mean, it it was interesting after the game and, and to see Brody Brazil kind of talking about it and saying, you know, I've, he's basically said, I've seen way worse go oh, completely yeah. uncalled. And it was he just felt it was odd. He wasn't disagreeing that it was a penalty. It was a penalty. But that if that really is going to be a suspension, then they need to be a little bit more consistent about how they dole out those sorts of major penalties and punishments. But... Um, and Joe kind of lost his mind a little bit. He had he had some good scoring chances early in the game, and maybe he was feeling a little frustrated about not being able to. You know, I mean, when he drove to the net in like the first minute of the game, I almost lost my mind wondering uh, who who we were watching. 
That's right. Uh, I thought somebody just put on like a, you know, one of those fake beards and skated out of the shark's head. Yeah. But, um, I mean, his breakdown sort of summed up the entire shark's game. Uh, the sharks were in control of that game, even though they were, had no, no score. They, they were the better team in the first period. I mean, Tierney hit a post. Bodker had good chances. Thornton had good chances. Um, and then it all sort of fell apart on, you know, two goals that I thought were, you know, a little, a little weird. And, and it was too bad that they just completely went in the toilet and, um, and lost control of that game. Uh, that was disappointing to see. It was, it was reminiscent of Sharks of yesteryear, not Pete DeBoer's Sharks. Right. I, th- I thought the turning point was the first goal. The Sharks had better chances up until the Blues scored, and I felt like the Sharks turned a corner when the Blues scored and said, like, oh, it's not going to be our night. That's sort of what it felt like after that. And I don't know exactly the stats for Carter Hutton, but I think they were like, they're ridiculous against the Sharks. He's like 970 or 980 save percentage. I mean, the guy's playing, plays completely out of his mind against his old team. Not that he really has anything to be upset about. It's not like the Sharks treated him badly. He was only associated with the organization for a year or two. So it's not like there's... Never even played a game. Never dressed for the San Jose Sharks. Right. Um, so... Only really sat on the bench. So... It's not like there's something there, but I mean, he's obviously played great against us. I understand why he started him <laughs> against the Sharks. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, the Blues, uh, I think what also made this game very frustrating is they're the worst road team in the NHL. Right. And for them to kind of come in and, and spank us after they got their asses handed to them in LA uh, earlier in the trip and you know, they said an interesting comment on the game. Do the I think Jake Allen has been pulled more than any starting goaltender in the NHL this year. I think he's been pulled seven times. Wow! So there could be a little bit of a, a controversy brewing in St. Louis, especially if Carter Hutton, Carter Hutton can play like that against uh, everybody else. But um, for a team that seems to be dysfunctional like St. Louis after their great start they have not been playing well especially on the road for them to come in and kind of stick it to the sharks is disappointing but 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 not the end of the world i think that uh as the other teams in the pacific are starting to play better and the sharks are now third in the division people are starting to panic the martin hansel trade rumors are popping up and uh you know you you've got folks getting concerned and dude I, i'm just i'm not i'm not concerned yet like i think that the sharks right now are really been hit hard by injuries and they've been hit hard by some players not performing up to expectations and the things that are positive are that you know we've seen mikel bodker kind of shake off the cobwebs this week and really erupt with some good games, dude, and it's been that's very positive. Yeah, obviously the hat trick in Edmonton um, certainly played great in that game. Yeah, I've definitely noticed him a lot more on the ice over the past couple of weeks. I'd say overall, certainly 
Last night against St. Louis, he had a couple of really good chances. He hasn't been able to bury it. But I think that sort of it seems to go for the whole team. The Sharks have just not been scoring at the rate that they should. You know, they have they have 112 goals uh, in how many? 43 games. So they're well under three goals a game. Um, you know, it's just hard to win games that way. I mean, they're they're pretty good on the defensive side. But, uh, you know, they're not, they're not near the top of the NHL in goal scoring. There's a lot of teams that have scored a lot more goals than the Sharks, and I think that, that that's the problem. And I think Kurz asks directly, and maybe we'll, we'll jump directly to this. Kurz asks directly, and I have two names for you. One, I think, is an easier answer than the other, but Kurz said that how can the Sharks not resign Joe Thornton given the fact that they're not scoring so much, not scoring at all, and they certainly didn't look good in the game after Thornton left the game. They looked pretty lost offensively. And here's the other name that Kurz didn't mention in his article, but I'll just go ahead and throw it out there right now. What about Patrick Marlowe? He's one of the few Sharks who's actually scoring. How do we survive without Patrick Marlowe? He's on pace for 25 or 30 goals. We desperately need those goals. And nobody else, you know, obviously Bodker maybe snapped out of it a little bit. But even if Bodker snapped out of it, I think the Sharks would still be hurting in the scoring department. What do, what do we do? Dude, I, I, I'm just not concerned about this team scoring long term. They're underperforming. And there's you can't argue with that. Their power play has been horrible. Oh, it's I mean, so Kevin bad. Kurtz is, so is, is the man of the moment right now. We keep quoting him, but... It is true. I mean, he he put a he put a stat out that the power play is fourteen point one percent since November first. Like that's horrifically bad, and uh, it's inexcusable given the amount of talent there is on this team. Is that going to hold up for the entire season? I refuse to believe that. The fact that they're still winning games, playing the way that they are, they have not hit their stride yet. And I think that that will happen. I, I, I think that this is normal for... We haven't been on this end of a, a Stanley Cup run before. Like, right. let's, let's, let's reserve judgment until February or March, dude. And we're getting to that point here where the Sharks are going to have to kick it into another gear. And I believe that they will. Like, I think right now, this team is underperforming. I'm not making excuses for them, dude. Like, I mean, it is frustrating to watch, but we saw what's possible. We saw what they did to the Red Wings. Yeah. We saw what they, what they did to the Oilers the next night. That's right. I mean, they're capable of putting up six and five. The The Flames game, that doesn't count. What a bizarre set of circumstances. They were in that game, and then they lost on a late goal. They were playing with five defensemen, one of them being you know, a guy in his essentially his NHL debut being thrown out there and they they lost, you know, that whole Paul Martin, Mirko Mueller lineup card fiasco. You know, okay, like our I think we're overreacting a little bit to the St. Louis game and you know, I just refuse to believe that they're gonna be like this long term. There's just too many good players. And, you know, their D is finally back without DeMello, who's out now for eight weeks. I mean, they've kind of been snake bit. They didn't have Donskoy last night. Um, they basically played half a game without without Thornton, and that hurts. That sucks. Those are two of your best players. So um, I'm reserving 
panic mode for when I think it's warranted, and I don't think it's warranted yet. To answer your question, dude, is Joe Thornton necessary to re-sign? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think anyone could argue against that. You've got to keep Joe Thornton. He's still an extremely dangerous offensive player. Patrick Marlowe is playing well right now. We will see how he plays for the entire season. Um, he wasn't particularly good last year. So, yeah. you know, how will he finish the year? Um, and how much money does he want? And how, uh, what kind of role does he have moving forward? Is he important to the success of this team this year? Absolutely. Is he part of the long-term plan? I don't know. Here's the question, dude. Not to get too far off in the weeds on this, because I know we're going to be talking about this endlessly as the season progresses and after the season is over and before you know July 1st happens. But right now, what's your, what would it take? Uh, under what terms would you be willing to re-sign Patrick Marlowe? Or would you just say, you know, let's say the end of the year comes, the Sharks choose to keep him because they're trying to make a run. They feel like they can go deep in the playoffs the way they did last year. Marlowe obviously has been a big part of that offense this year, and you want to have him around. You can't just dump him for draft picks at this point if you think the Sharks have legitimate you know, cup aspirations. And so we make it to after the season. Patrick Marlowe is staring down the barrel of unrestricted free agency. What would it take to what what do you think is a fair deal to sign Patrick Marlowe or I mean like or in another way what kind of crazy hometown discount must he give for you to entertain holding him gosh dude I mean I, I, I I'm gonna try and do a, a quick comp right now to, to give you a, a good answer because it's going to um, be hard because he's over 35 and over 35 contracts mean that regardless of what he does, regardless of where he goes, it's going to count against the cap. And that's, that's a, uh, you know, and, and the same will go for Joe Thornton. And that's a really, uh, risky situation. Famously DB 22 wanted a two year deal. The sharks wouldn't give it to him. He went to New York, got a two year deal. And the, the second year of that deal didn't work out so well for him in New York. Um, Admittedly, he was older then than Patrick Marlowe is now, but still, you know, it's it's a it's a risky move. I, it's going to be hard to compare him against a thirty-one-year-old because at least that guy you could ditch. Well, I, and and I don't think this is a perfect comparison, dude. But I, I'm looking at the player that popped into my mind, and again, it's not a perfect comparison. But I look at Shane Doan. Okay. Okay, Shane Doan this year for Arizona is making under $4 million. Yeah. Do I think someone on the open market is going to offer Patrick Marlowe more than that? Yes, I Absolutely. think that they will. I agree with you there. And, you know, it just depends on, you know, if they want to continue to, I mean, they've made a lot of money. So what, what do they want? Do they want to keep this together with the young guys? and continue to take a few more shots at the cup? Or do they want to chase one more big cash grab? Could he probably get, you know, three years out of some desperate team to get a 20 gold score? Possibly. But, you know, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, I, I think the Sharks might want to do a one-year deal. And I, and I wouldn't 
blame him for saying no, which is why I think he's not going to be around. Um, they have to make some priorities here and locking up both those guys to another three-year deal isn't in the best interest of the team's long-term future. It's just not. And because they're going to have other contracts coming up that are very important that yep. they're going to need to deal with. Like Martin Jones. <laughs> That's right. And Vlasic, you know, uh, and, and others. And it's just, you can't be saddled with that. So it, I, I really think it's going to be on them. Do they want to stay? I mean, and and they're going to have to pick. Joe Thornton or Marlowe, who are you going to make the long-term or the two- or three-year financial commitment to? And that's not a hard question. So then the other guy's going to have to decide if he wants to take a one-year deal or go his, go on his way. And it seemed like he was ready to leave last year, dude. So that's why I think he's not going to be back. And I think the Sharks have young players ready to take his spot. I mean, they're not going to be necessarily as good as him initially, but when you see LeBanc, when you see Meyer, when you see Goldolbin, when you see O'Regan, when you see these young players performing in the minors, you know, Goudreau could mean that someone else could bump up a higher spot. I just don't see them making a long-term commitment to him, dude. I, I just don't. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, if I could sign Patrick Marlowe for two years, six million, I might do it. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. Three years, to me, is, is too long. $6 million, so $3 million a year? Yeah, that's a hometown discount, big time. He would never do that. I you, mean, don't, I, you don't think I mean, so? It, like, you just it, said it a moment it, ago, he, he's made enough money. I know. I, 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 I think you're right. That's the kind of deal that would make sense for the Sharks. And it, but... But I don't think he'll do it. Like I think that, um, uh, I would be surprised if he did that. Then I stand up and applaud. Because... Oh, I'd be surprised too. I'm just saying. Like I know there's some people out there, and certainly the way we've been talking about it, I think in past shows, we've certainly said or at least implied that you know we don't want necessarily we don't want Patrick Marlowe part of this team going forward, and we would not be interested in resigning him under any any terms or conditions. And now I have to admit, uh, I am, I am second guessing that <laughs> I'm reconsidering, uh, given the fact that the sharks are not providing exactly what Patrick Marlowe is providing right now. And that's some scoring. And, uh, and maybe he'll get cold and the sharks will get hot scoring. And then I'll change my mind again, because that's what we do on the podcast. Cause you know, nothing rides on this anyway. It's not like, you know, we're, it's not like we're saving the manatees over here, but, um, but uh, it's a it's an interesting question because my view of Patrick Marlowe is ebbing and flowing based on the the uh, the fortunes of of the Sharks right now, and you know they've lost what five of the last seven or something like that. So it, you know it's not looking great, but, right? But you're right. I am not. I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking either. It's just, but it is it is a, unfortunate the way they're not scoring and the how bad the power play is, and and sometimes I I just. It's like the power play really is bad, and it seems like they do the same thing every power play. It's like they they go around. There's Joe on the half boards. They get it back to Burns, and then Burns shoots at Pavelski's stick, and he tries to tip it in. And it's like 
everybody in the building knows that's what's going to happen. Everybody in the building, including, you know, obviously the people on the ice know because they're, you know, the best hockey mom. They're, they're the smartest about hockey of anyone. And the 17,000 plus fans in the building know that's what's going to happen too. And sure, it works sometimes because those guys are just that good. But you know what? If you put the best defensive players out there, which is generally what you're facing on a penalty kill, they, they're going to find a way to prevent it. And that's what's been happening. By the way, dude, you know how many goals Patrick Marlowe has in the last three games? Probably zero. Yeah. So zero. So yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's. I think, dude, I just to close this out for the right price. I definitely think everyone would be open to having him stay. I I just don't get the feeling that that's what how this is going to play out. Like I think that there's been a lot of hurt feelings over the last several years between him and the franchise. And I think that it's going to be that he's going to move on. The fact that he wanted out last year and that made it, you know, to the media um, sort of speaks to what I think is, is coming down the road when, when he hits free agency, dude. Um, Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Yep. Well, it's a it's a topic to keep an eye on going forward. I'd love to hear what listeners think about it. I know, obviously, we've. I wouldn't say either of us have a crazy soft. I mean, we wouldn't say you know Patrick Marlowe is either of our favorite players, but of course he is on the Mount Rushmore of Sharks hockey, right? He has to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, dude, we got some emails, didn't we? Yeah, we got an email uh, from this. Uh, he said, uh, thank you so much for putting out such a consistent and quality podcast. Talks about the highs and wells and lows of our beloved sharks. They're buttering us up, dude. My best friend Miggs and I have been listening to your show, and your podcast is a favorite to listen to. We often discuss sharks games and news for a long time, and you've inspired us with your quality podcast, and we're going to try recording our very own podcast about the Sharks. We'd love to hear some tips and tricks about how you started the Dudes on Hockey podcast, dude. So give away all of our secrets. All of them, dude. Or do we now have two new enemies? <laughs> uh, Ian. Ian and Migs, are they bot, dead to us now? Yeah, bought out, Ian and Migs. <laughs> like, like, what are you trying to do? Steal our parents who are only listeners other than you. No, my mom doesn't How listen. My mom doesn't listen. How we dear, talked about that's that. Right. That's well documented. That's true. That's it's that dude. It's, it's all about chemistry. It's all about a long simmering bromance that we've had all the way from high school, dude. <laughs> <That's true>. um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think that the, if you're asking what the tips and tricks are, um, I would say that, and clearly people who listen to the podcast know this, we don't put a ton of preparation into our work. <laughs> Dude, don't give away all the behind the scenes here. We have a reputation. We just talk. We have a reputation. We just talk to each other, dude. We just talk to each other, dude. This is how we talk off the air and how we talk on the air. So, uh, Ian and Migs, I hope it's a miserable failure and you come back listening That's to right. us. That's right. I hope so, too. That's right. Because <laughs> all those ad revenue dollars that we're raking in based on this podcast. That's right. <laughs> the, ne- the next the next dollar in revenue we get will be the first dollar we get, actually. That's right. So That's right. <laughs> anyway. 
Dude, what's next? Who else is trying to open up some competition here? Uh, there was some expansion stuff, but I think we covered that pretty well in the last uh, show. We, we've had two weeks in a row with, with a lot of expansion stuff, so I think we should hold off on the expansion stuff, dude. I think you gave me the uh, that book, the Minnesota Wild book, yeah. last show. I read yeah. that thing in yeah. like four days. It was this big, thick book written by Tom Lynn, who was an assistant GM to Doug Riseboro when the, when the wild came into the league in 2000. And, you know, the book is not full of a lot of salacious details. Um, for those of you that want sort of the inside baseball, who's a jerk who, you know, went out boozing and got in trouble. Like the book does not really have those kinds of stories, but the one thing that really kept me engaged is you did get a very, uh, sort of low-level view into what it takes to run a team. And uh, I yeah. know a lot of hockey fans would be pretty curious about that. I mean, you know, this guy was assistant GM. He did all kinds of stuff. He was packing gear, you know. He was arranging flights for players. Like, he was doing all kinds of stuff, you know. And and I think we think of these guys or these NHL teams or or sports teams as sort of these these huge institutions with unlimited resources and they have everything figured out. And, you know, sort of an interesting insight is that, you know, it's not a huge company. I work for a company that's a lot larger than the Sharks organization, I'm sure. You know, the Sharks, uh, Silicon Valley Sports Entertainment or, or the, you know, the company that owns the Sharks. The company I work for has a lot more uh, employees than that. Probably has a lot more uh, processes in place to do certain basic company type things. And it's kind of fun to read about these guys kind of trying to scramble, get the basics of business going. And, you know, certainly we, there was quite a few things about certain contract negotiations with Marion Gabrick that I found super interesting. His, you know, interaction with certain agents that I found very interesting. You know, he was the general manager of the Houston arrows, which, you know, Tom McClellan was the, the head coach of, you know, at the time. And, you know, obviously there's some stuff there and Brent Burns is in the book, albeit briefly. So, you know, people who have a interest in that sort of thing, I definitely recommend it. I, I don't, I wasn't prepared to, to blitz through it as quickly as I did. Uh, but I just, I couldn't put it down. I just, all those little tiny details, I just, I found endlessly fascinating, but I, but be aware that some of these endless details are pretty mundane in the grand scheme of things. So it's not just all like, Oh, and then I was, you know, sipping Cristal with uh, Ryan Suter <laughs> right. on a private jet kind of thing. There's not a lot of those stories. No, it's a good book, though. I mean, if if you want to get a little bit uh, of the details, the things that you don't know that happen behind the scenes or how a trade goes down and uh, what it's like on draft day, I have found those to be some of the most interesting stories and um, how – our, the arbitration process works uh it's pretty fascinating so good stuff i it, it's how i think it's called how to bake an expansion franchise by tom lynn so right it is on amazon i checked i checked after the fact it is available on amazon if people want to buy it pick it up yeah later. so definitely recommend it dude dude I, i've got three things before we go here quickly uh yeah. cheers to sharks all-stars dude joe pavelski martin jones and uh, Brent Burns and Coach Pete DeBoer all going to the All-Star game. Uh, the only one who seems to be getting a little heat is Martin Jones. Some people seem to think that that was not a good choice by the NHL. Um, uh, you know, I mean, Martin Jones is... Uh, we're fans of Martin Jones, and he's 
He's a big reason why the Sharks have been doing as well as they are, especially not playing very well offensively. He's won a lot of games for the Sharks, so I have no issue with Martin Jones being an all-star dude. I guess who who would be the the goalie from the Pacific Division that people would prefer? Ryan Cam Miller? Talbot. Cam, Cam Talbot. Really? I'm not saying that's who I prefer, dude. I'm saying that's who some folks have said it was a bit of a snub. I disagree. Yeah, the Sharks, as of this uh, broadcast, have a better goal differential and have let in 21 fewer goals than Edmonton. Not that that not that the number of goals allowed is always right on the goalie, but the Sharks definitely seem to be a little bit more stingy in the goals department. I I don't mind that uh, mind that at all. The Sharks have given up the least number of goals in the Pacific Division. So, I guess I only have one more thing, dude. Uh, I read online, and we know all things that we read online are true. Yep. That uh, the Martin Hansel trade rumors are a buzz, and that the two teams that are connected to Mr. Hansel, who's a center who plays for Arizona, are the LA Kings and the San Jose Sharks. I thought that that was strange to say the least and I'm not buying it dude are you buying it no not particularly I don't think the Sharks as crazy as it sounds I'm not so sure the Sharks are in desperate need of a center right now you know Couture I don't think the Sharks are in need of anything actually I I, I think <laughs> I mean seriously I mean I don't know what are they going to do with the deadline I think nothing like I I think they're best served to do nothing I, I don't I don't know unless they were able to package a certain you know group of players together to get somebody who was going to make some sort of major impact back, you know, you put together a, a deal of, you know, a, you know, a Schlemko and a someone else to get like a, a, a another legitimate top six forward or top four D man. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that they're looking to do that. And plus they don't have the cap space to do much of anything. Yeah, I that that's weird. I, I I mean the Kings are floundering a little bit right now. Um, you know they they are only four points behind the Sharks, but you know they're they're not doing that great. You know they're about even in terms of goal differential. It seems like they they lose some games badly. They they probably shouldn't. I could see them wanting to add a piece, but I don't see the Sharks yeah. needing to add a piece. No, agreed. Well, dude, uh, a little matinee game tomorrow and then another game against the LA Kings, dude, um, coming up. I know you're going to be out of town next weekend. I'm going to be out of town next weekend, but I might be going to the Winnipeg. No, the Winnipeg game's tomorrow. I might be going to the Tampa Bay game on Thursday. So that uh, that's going to be a really interesting one. And then two against Colorado, who is – Colorado's got to be the worst team in the NHL, yes? They're pretty stinky. Yeah, they're bad. They're bad. They've only scored 82 goals. Like all season, that, that's bad. They're that's... gonna blow that. They're gonna blow that sucker up. I think. Oh yeah, I that okay. So here's here's a question. Apparently, everybody not named Nathan McKinnon is available. That's that's a rumor from the last week. Speaking of the Avalanche, right? Right. If you're the Sharks, do you try to get? I mean, it's gonna be hard to get in on that because I mean, 29 teams are gonna want Matt Duchesne. Or Gabriel Landeskog. Do you try to get in on that at all? Uh, I, I, no. 
<laughs> you don't. No, no. I'm, well, I mean, would I like those players on the team? Sure. I mean, I, I'm just not sure. I guess if you were able to get creative and if you go, okay, well, you're looking at your expansion uh, draft and looking at the fact that you're not going to be able to protect all of these guys. And if you felt like Justin Braun and David Schlemko were close or complimentary, which I don't think they feel that way at all. But like, let's say you were able to offer, dude, would you trade Justin Braun, uh, Timo Meyer, and a first round pick for Matt Duchesne? Wow. That's a, that's an awful lot. Dude, I think right now we don't need to take that kind of risk on Matt Duchesne. I think he's an awesome player. He, he is probably going to be better than Timo Meyer. I mean, he's already better than Timo Meyer, but I, I doubt Timo Meyer will be able to get to that level. So maybe he's the best player, but that's just an, a lot to give up. And I don't know if the Sharks are really should be in a position to take that kind of risk. They don't need to do that right now. Yeah, I I agree. Um, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, and now they've added two young, inexpensive players that you know we don't know where they're going in LeBanc and Meyer, and um, we know how good Landeskog is. Um, but Justin Braun is also an important part of this team. And, you know, that I think that's – if you're Colorado, you're going to move those guys if you can get, like, a real impactful return, like something that's going to make a major difference. They're looking to be blown away. They're not just going to trade two young all-stars. That's They're true. They're not going to – so, um, no, I don't think the Sharks will get involved in that in that sweepstakes, dude. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. All right, dude. Well, we got some very winnable games coming up here, so hopefully the Sharks can right the ship, maybe get a couple power play goals. Uh, Joe Thornton might get a little bit of a rest, a little bit of a breather, have some time to grow the beard out even further, if possible. You think you, yeah, think, well, you think he's going to get a couple games? I think he, he might get a game. I don't think so. You don't think so? I, I, I No, I just... No, I don't think so. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was that bad. Like, I, I just, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. And I think, um, and he was pretty surprised by it himself, it looked like, based on his reaction. So, um, no, I think he's not going to get anything, especially since we haven't heard anything yet. So, um, I think he'll play tomorrow. That's just my gut. All right, dude. Well, uh, until next time, uh, like you said, I'm going to be gone next weekend, but hopefully the following week we'll be able to broadcast again. So I will talk to you then, dude. See you, dude. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.